Hi, this is The Greatest Story Ever Played. I'm Dan, and with me are Steph. Hello. And Nikki. From Game Tell 5, and we are going to be talking about The Vanishing of Ethan Carter together. Yes. A game which yes, I didn't play us. yesterday. Yeah, thank you for having us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally welcome. Uh, yeah, I finished it uh, up at the deadline, too. I was <laughs> getting close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just finished it yesterday, but I'm not going to lie. But I did start it a few weeks ago. It just took me a long time to finish it. Yeah, same experience. I started it a while ago and then like kept playing it in like 20 minute chunks, <laughs> yeah. which is probably not the way this game should be played. So I guess as the listener, <laughs> if uh, you don't like what I'm saying, uh, that's maybe fair if I didn't play it the way that you should. So, <laughs> well, I, did uh, it in, like, I guess, though, so. <laughs> you, you did it in one stuff. Yeah, I just sat and did it in one chunk. So we've got to have a comparison, I guess will be nice. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's awesome. Totally did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess I'll give us a description of the game and a little background on it, and then uh, we'll jump into our recap. But I guess also, if you haven't listened to our show before, it is spoiler-filled. We take all the details out so uh our kind of game plan is we're gonna do a recap of the game talk about some stuff we think about it and at the end we're gonna do a liter- little interview section uh with steph and nikki hearing more about game till five so stick around for that too uh but yeah i guess we'll jump into the description uh which says the vanishing of ethan carter is a first person story driven mystery game focused on exploration and discovery You play the game as Paul Prospero, an occult-minded detective who receives a disturbing letter from Ethan Carter. Realizing the boy is in grave danger, Paul arrives at Ethan's home of Red Creek Valley, where things turn out to be even worse than he imagined. Ethan has vanished in the wake of a brutal murder, which Paul quickly discerns might not be the only local murder worth looking into. Inspired by weird fiction and other tales of macabre from the 20th century, the Vanishing of Ethan Carter aims to significantly evolve immersive storytelling in games. While it features a private detective and quite a few mental challenges, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter's focus is on atmosphere, mood, and essential humanity in of our characters. Tree. I, I would say that's a pretty good description. That I think that is what yes. you're getting into. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely very atmospheric. I felt that from the get-go. So a little background on the game, uh, production-wise, it was developed by the Astronauts, and this is their first game, actually. They've got a game called Witchfire that is upcoming that I think is supposed to be more of a first-person shooter type of game, so... Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I wonder if it would, if you could, if it's like a game that looks like this, but you're shooting people, which that could be kind of cool. Yeah, that works. And then uh, lastly, we've got, as mentioned in the description, we've got kind of two main characters. We've got Paul Prospero, who's a supernatural detective, and then Ethan Carter, who's this young boy who wrote to Prospero to say, come investigate my town. And then there's a lot of side characters we meet along the way. A lot of them are members of Ethan's family or people who lived in his town. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of our main peoples. And they're all lovely people. (laughs) Totally <laughs> all very normal. <laughs> Nothing yeah. weird happened. I have to admit, though, Paul Prospero has one of the coolest names ever. Yeah, and voices. He had a good voice. Yes, very good. He did. He he uh, totally fit the supernatural detective. Like that's exactly what he should sound like. Yeah, the proper yeah. like noir feeling. Okay, well, I guess, uh, yeah, with that, we'll uh, start recapping the game and kind of go where Paul Prospero went. The game begins, and Paul's walking on the railroad tracks through this tunnel. He lets us know that Ethan wrote him to come investigate in his town, saying, you know, bad stuff's going on. Uh, I knew I had to turn to you because it was, uh, you know, too much for anyone to handle, so that's why you're here, and so... Paul Prospero's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what this kid's about. It sounds like it's uh, my kind of job. After this, uh, you start walking along the train tracks and you encounter several traps that are nearby. Like, 
Uh, there's like a hole in the ground with spikes and yep. other stuff like that. <laughs> like a giant swinging thing. That one, like, yeah, scared me. It was a real yeah, jump scare, that say, first one. I, it did frighten me. At that point, I was like, I didn't know this was a horror game. Same. I was like, okay, this is scarier than I thought. I thought this would be kind of like a, a nice detective story. No, it's not. Yeah. I had kind of the opposite. I think because, Nikki, you'd kind of half warned me that you were like, oh, it's a bit spookies. And so I was kind of expecting it. And I found that I relaxed much quicker into it. At this point, anyway, I will say. Yeah. Nice. No, that's awesome. And so after we see the traps, we walk around and we end up finding a story of Ethan's about this guy who ate tree sap. And what this is uh, the first of several stories of Ethan's that we find along the way. So what this kind of ends up setting up is there's like, a, I don't know, probably like four or five stories you end up seeing through the game. And it, this kind of begins the sequence that you kind of have repeated a couple times through the game where it's okay you find a story and it's something Ethan's telling you that's maybe about the town or something like that. Yeah. And I think moral of the story, don't eat tree sap kids because it's not going to go well for you. <laughs> right. And and this guy, he burned the town down? Is that right? Because he didn't want people to eat his sap or something? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't sound that pleasant. No. <laughs> It seemed kind of like a drug addict behavior. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Just imagine him again really antsy for tree licking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we get that, and then after this, we also find a newspaper clipping that is about a fire that was started um, by Ethan's grandfather, whose name is Ed, who fell asleep with a lit cigarette. And this, again, introduces us to a key information thing as the game goes. So you find newspaper clippings or little notes or different things like that. So you've kind of got this twofold stories going on where it's you're investigating and you're seeing things, but then you're also finding information somewhere. And so you kind of get the story told in two manners. Yeah, it's kind of like the bizarre not real kind of one and then the almost like real grounding of what actually happened or inspired the ethan's kind of story yeah he didn't sound that yeah pleasant. yeah exactly which is cool yeah i I, th I thought so i thought that was a good uh way to tell it um paul then from here kind of moves up the railroad track and he gets to this rail car and uh there's blood all over it he walks further down the tracks. There's blood all over the ground. Uh, if you walk a little further, oh, there's severed legs that are there in the tracks. You walk a little further and you find a guy who is uh, a torso. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely the point where I was like, this is a scary game. When yeah. there's like limbs hanging about, I'm like, right, what's happening? <laughs> That's the clue, limbs. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know until, you know, you start seeing limbs on the ground. <laughs> Oh, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, with this, too, then you get kind of your last regular thing you get, which is that Prol Prospero, since he's a supernatural detective, he kind of senses crime scene things. And then what you do is you put the scenes in chronological order. So they'll give you, I don't know, five scenes. So it's like, guy with the tracks, uh, a guy moving a rail car, someone, the half torso hanging out here whatever and you have to put them in order and then when you do you see the scene play out so i have a question for you guys so yeah. when you first found this guy and uh maybe bits and bobs around like the rock and things like that of this did you guys like instantly know what to do at this point because i left and did a bunch of other stuff realized what i was supposed <laughs> to be doing and then had to like track all the way back so I, this took me an embarrassingly long time to do and figure out. But the funny thing is, I did that for the first one, which is funny because the traps were the easiest part. But for this one, I had to I had to get a guide at one point because I I couldn't like I couldn't do it. I was trying so hard and ended up I didn't put the tram like far enough along and that's why I wasn't working. But what? 
I, I was, uh, yeah, I didn't figure it out either. I'm shitty at puzzles, so, um, <laughs> uh, I, so, yeah, so I use the guide quite a bit, actually, in this game, because I try to figure it out for a while, and then I'm like, all right, I don't fucking get it, like, what am I missing, and then mm. I'd look at the guide, and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, step three, I didn't get that one, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was not a game that gave you any instruction whatsoever. Yeah. I remember finding the rock bit. And there was all that text that floats around you and is kind of like in the air. And it was just kind of like half started to focus. And I was like, okay, maybe I just have to focus on the rocks that I'm currently looking at. And that just <laughs> wasn't the thing to do at all. And I just went like after about, I don't know, five minutes of just staring at the word rock and moving around the rock on the floor. Cause I was just convinced that that's where I was supposed to be looking. And I just gave up and walked away. And then it wasn't till like <laughs> way down the line on another one that I accidentally like lined everything up. And I was like, oh, this is what the hell I was supposed to be doing. So I had to go all the way back. Yeah. See, yeah, I, I did that sort of, but with, instead of the rock, it was the corpse. Because, like, you know, you kind of touch them, but then you get that mm. kind of mist, and you're like, okay. I just kept doing that over and over, and I was like, why am I touching this body over and over again? Like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> you find out eventually, and it makes more sense later on when you start doing it more. But, yeah, yeah. first it was kind of like, what the f- Oh. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was totally uh, confused there too, and went on and like walked around and did other shit for like a half hour, and I'm like, mm. oh fuck, I gotta, I gotta go back, and I yeah. also find my way back because it's, you know, I strayed far from there, so I'm like, oh shit, where am I? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's yeah. I, I liked, uh, I liked this, uh, the sense puzzle part though. I did like ordering the scenes mm. and then them playing it out for you. I thought that was a cool way to show you the crime. Yeah, once yeah. I worked out what the fuck I was doing, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And I felt like, too, once I learned a thing, it let me try to solve the puzzles more later on. Even if I'd have to go to the guide later, it was like, okay, I have uh, these two things in my toolbox. I can kind of do this now. I know, oh, this is a sequence thing, or, oh, there's five steps, or there's, uh, you know, lining the word up or whatever like that kind of thing yeah definitely so we get uh so the scene that we get after sensing them putting in them in order is we've got travis tying ethan to the railroad tracks he wants to sacrifice him to the sleeper which is i don't know their version of the loch ness monster or something except they worship it um (laughs) there's yeah something a monster a monster this town reveres and for some reason, Ethan is its appropriate sacrifice. So uh, Travis tries to kill Ethan, but then Ed, uh, Ethan's grandpa, shows up and he kills Travis so that Ethan can escape. So the severed leg person, that's Travis. And Travis is About, yeah. Ethan's brother? I think? Yeah, they, yeah, so I got really confused as to who was who. I think, yeah, I think Travis was his brother. But Ed is the grandpa. And yeah. I have to admit that seeing Grandpa smash over like someone's head with rock was disturbing for me. I was just like, whoa, what is happening? I think that's fair. <laughs> I'd be worried if you were like, oh, that's normal. That's fine. <laughs> just family conflict. <laughs> yeah. Grandpa did it. Grandpa's at it, it again. <laughs> <laughs> Just taken out his grandchildren. <laughs> Damn it, Grandpa, this is the fifth time. <laughs> I, I did think it was hard to keep track of all the family members. Like, I, I, I was yeah, able to get, like, fair. Grandpa, and then, like, later on, Ethan's parents are in it. And I was like, okay, I know who you are. But then it was like, everyone else just felt like, okay, you're, like, brothers or uncles or something. But, like... is mm. never really explicitly said. Or if it is, it's said once. And I think I missed it. Right. It's like, I, I need a family tree to look at. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been nice. Because it seemed like everyone was family, maybe. I don't know if there were many random townspeople. I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was supposed to just be all his family, like Ethan's family. But yeah, working out the older family members was... <laughs> Nothing weird happened hard. at all. It's weird that there was just no one else. That's what creeps me out. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that is that would be kind of creepy if there's a town, like a small town that's literally yeah. just one family. I think that's what kind of made it so eerie as well when you're wandering around. Just like, is there anyone here? Is there someone going to jump out from a bush? Like, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> Scared of those bush dwellers. 
Um, <laughs> after this, uh, we continue walking down the tracks, and we find this old house. And this old house has a very hard puzzle, in my opinion. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was a nightmare. I have to admit, did you miss the astronaut? Yes. You both did yeah, the astronaut? Oh, no, I did the astronaut. <gasps> so, before the house, I don't know if you understand, but you go into the forest of really creepy, creaking trees, which is awful, and there's, like, a spaceship puzzle. I did remember oh. that. I did do it. And you have to do the lights and, like, connect them up. And then you basically chase the astronaut through the forest, right? Yeah. So I can't really remember the exact, like, story or what it's trying to say. But you basically press some buttons on the light and an astronaut appears. And then you chase him. It's really creepy, to be honest. Um, And then you go to a spaceship for a bit. It's something to do with with Ethan having, like, a comic book. I don't... To be honest, I'm not 100% sure about the space story. You go to space for a bit. You come back. And then you go to the house. But I just thought I'd mention it because... That area with the trees was terrifying. It's funny that you can do the game without like doing all the puzzles, because I wonder that. I wonder if you could actually miss all of the puzzles and still complete the game. It's a, I don't know. I think you must be able to, because, yeah, if you couldn't... Because you can just walk right past that bit, because like, the only bits yeah. you have to do right are... I don't know. Is there any bits you have yeah. to do? I'm not sure, but yeah, I was, because I wasn't sure if you guys came across it, so I should find out before we move on to the... Yeah. yeah, I I don't I don't think I did, or if I did, I forgot. But yeah, I yeah up until this part at the old house, I did the first I don't know whatever, uh, twenty or thirty minutes of the game. I did that like a month or two ago, like a while ago, and then just yeah. totally forgot. I got to the house and got stuck, and then stopped playing for a while, and then I mean, came yeah, back. That house. We'll go to that house now because that house was confusing. Yes, confusing house that, so it's got these fake interiors that you've got to navigate correctly to make your way ultimately to like this attic in the house that's uh, hidden, essentially. And in in a, a room, so you're in a room and then you've got, I don't know, two or three rooms you could go to. But then of the rooms you can go to, you can hit a button and it switches what that room looks like. And each of those have two or three options themselves. And so you have to, I don't know, go through probably like five times of doing that. Yeah, it was quite a lot. And you could only get stuff wrong once. And then if you got it wrong once, it would reset. So it took ages. Yes. I I spent... uh, way too long fucking it up before realizing, <laughs> wait a minute, the internet knows. I'm going to go look. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's difficult because you can go to the actual house, right? The actual house layout, it's on the hill. And you can look around, you can be like, okay, that room's there. But then by the time you get back to the other house, you're like, I'm not going to remember this. It's difficult. Yeah. It's really difficult even... to, to remember everything. I didn't even realize there was an actual, like, example house. Like, because I knew it was yeah. like... You had to get the right room and then when you walked through it that room stuck and that was the right kind of answer but yeah i didn't know there was an actual map or anything existing that would have been so yeah. much easier it's, i just it's like up the hill on the left and you can go in there but it, it's so difficult because it... mm-hmm. yeah uh, right it, yeah there's the key to the puzzle in that house right the house nearby yeah okay yeah i, I yeah i'd read about it but uh i obviously just used the guide to get through this part but um <laughs> I just used trial and error for ages. <laughs> well, at first, I didn't even know that you could switch the rooms. I was just walking through each room being like, what's that? Just each every portal being like, hello. And I didn't realize that you can actually click switch. And then, yeah, this this is my brain for you. <laughs> no, I did the same thing. I kept trying to walk and I'm like, what the fuck? I went right. Like, why isn't this working? Like, th- this part, this is why I stopped. I got so mad that I was like, I hate this game. Like... <laughs> And then, uh, then when I then when I had the guide, it was fine, and I was like, "Oh, this is fine," but uh, I'm just dumb. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys but. experienced the same thing as me because I was the same. I remember picking up the note from the wizard, and just failing loads, and just being like, "Damn it, stupid wizard!" <laughs> I was just so annoyed. But then once you get it, oh, this makes sense. How did I not notice this before? But I don't know. Right, right. I've, and I feel like that's what makes it a good puzzle and everything, is once you're on the other side, you're like, oh, this is totally cool. But, oh, man, <laughs> getting there was was uh, very angry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, ultimately, you do navigate this correctly, 
and you get inside this secret attic that's in there, and Ethan has this story that's about this magician who could see the future, and he'd drink potions that could uh, make him see the future. He did this, and he knew that the villagers would burn his house down. And so what he did is he constructed this potion room that was inflammable, and so when they burn the house down, him inside his potion room will be totally fine that they're free from that, that he'll be uh, free from being burned. And, uh, yeah, I guess that that's the room you're in now is what it felt like in going through the passageway. So that was pretty cool. I liked that we, as an explanation yeah. on the end. And mm. Can we talk about his room and the contents of his room? Do it. The, the magician's room. It was like a head. It was a severed head and a dead baby. Oh. I don't think I looked Did you see that? No. I just thought, oh, I, it's a nice, happy room. It seems room that my magician was... No. How did you not see? It was placed right on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I looked. I think by the time I got to that point, I was done with that house. And I was like, give me the goddamn story and I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think it was the same as stuff. So a severed head and a dead baby inside the magician's room. Did, did it explain like why they were there? Did you just see it while you were walking around? Oh, no. No, it was it was right on his desk, like on his writing desk, which was weird. Um, there was yeah the seven and then the weird baby. The baby thing, it weirdly looked like it didn't really look like a baby. It looked like a thug, like a thug baby, like a really angry, oh. <laughs> what? Really angry looking baby. <laughs> what the hell is a thug baby? Yeah. I don't know. He, like out of some sort, he looked like he was out of some sort of gangster movie. Like I don't know, he, like Vin Diesel but on a baby. <laughs> Faster the Furious baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it. There's nothing else really to say about those two items. I guess he's just a questionable magician. Yeah, fair. Yeah, maybe the villagers were doing the right thing trying to burn him down. Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> I was trying to release thug babies onto them. <laughs> After we leave uh, this old house, we head to a graveyard. Uh, one of our puzzles, what we get is that Chad, who is another member of Ethan's family, is trapping Ethan inside this mausoleum by breaking up the entrance. Uh, but while he's breaking it up, Ethan crawls up and stabs Chad in the eye. Uh, like I think he thought Ethan was passed out, but Ethan woke up and attacked him. Brutal, Ethan. Yeah, that bit was quite intense. <laughs> yeah. And so then Chad blames Dale who is Ethan's dad, I believe, for not helping. And Missy, who is Dale's, Ethan's mom slash Dale's wife, calls Dale weak. They're just like piling on Dale, like, you didn't sacrifice to the sleeper, you're like a, a weak male who sucks. And like, <laughs> they're like really going in on him. <laughs> yeah, she pissed me off. Yeah, did, uh, did you see the note in the note from her later on that was like, Take all your like failures out of our basement, so we don't have to be reminded them of some or something like that. I was yeah. like, man, that is that is mean. That was brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's the most brutal thing. You're just like, that's so mean to say to someone. <laughs> I um, have to admit as well, with the mausoleum bit, when I was unsure of what was happening in the game, what kind of game this was, because I I skipped past the house for a bit. I went to the mausoleum, and honestly, I stared at the mausoleum for about five minutes because I didn't have the guts to go down it because I really scared because it was just pitch black. I don't know if you guys felt the spookiness as well. It was terrifying. If anyone that's going to play this, don't worry, it's fine. You can go down it, it's all all right. But for me, do not want to walk down into a crypt. Yeah, it was scary looking from like outside and even walking in and it's dark, you're like, I don't want to be here. Yeah, especially because you can kind of half see something like in the back and you know that at one point you're going to have to turn the lights on in there and whatever it is that's in there is going to be revealed yeah. it's always that tension although again i think because yeah. i just was okay i think the house puzzle because it was so like i don't know there was bits of this game i really wasn't scared by and i felt like i should be but i was okay with this mm. one again i think this was because it was very early on me and i i literally just sort of been running around not really know what's happening mm. and just seeing that i was like anything is possible right now no idea what could it happen. Yeah. It got easier in the end. Once you once you figured out that there probably wasn't going to be someone who attacks you suddenly, that did make me feel not afraid. But until I got to that point, I was like, 
all right, am I going to go in this dark place and get killed? Or, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, in, in seeing this, too, so uh, Missy and Chad are ganging up on Dale, and Chad attacks Dale. But Missy decides to defend her husband, and she stabs Chad to save Dale. And Ethan runs away at this point. So, uh, it's still... Then we head back to the mausoleum, and Ethan tells his dad that he needs to go into the mines. But his dad doesn't have a key to get there, but Ethan says, it's fine, I know my way, I've got a different way. And he tells his dad to not tell his mom what they're doing. He lets them know you're all sick uh, because of the sleeper. And so at, at this point, it seems that Ethan's dad and Ethan's grandpa are maybe the only ones who aren't under control of the sleeper or not in the cult of the sleeper or whatever it is that's going on yeah they seem to be the ones resisting it a bit like they have like moments of having a little bit like grandpa with the rock but at the same time it's like they're not totally cult yeah taking over yeah yeah which uh yeah it's it's crazy that whatever the sleeper is doing it just really has this hold on everyone it seems besides them mm. after this we head into the mines and we see missy and dale enter the cavern they're looking for ethan missy tells us that she has to go after ethan and that he has to pay the price that you know the sleeper demands this and you know we do what the sleeper demands kind of thing Dale, though, tries to talk her out of it. He says that they're all sick, but she, again, dismisses him and doesn't care. And so then we get this sequence uh, where we're, again, um, doing our uh, chronological order solving skills. And what we see is that there's this lift at, in the mine, and Missy was going to go up it to go find Ethan up there. But what Dale does is he breaks the lock on the lift and then lowers her down into water and drowns her. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. I didn't like her, but it was brutal. Yeah, it was a bit like, oh, thank God, but also mm, gross. <gasps> yeah, yeah, I, I felt similar. It was like, it's good she's dead. Uh, and I like that Dale is helping Ethan, but man, that's brutal. Like, just drowning someone in a cage. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not what you want. Did you, uh, sorry, to go kind of back again a little bit, like the yeah. spaceman bit, there was also a bit in the middle of the forest uh, between the, like, yeah. mines and the house where the it was witch. like, yeah, but I didn't really do anything. I just walked around the forest and there were some voices yeah. and then you just stumbled across a tent. I don't think it was a real puzzle. I think you just had to follow some lights and then you just get to the weird thing about a witch. I really don't know exactly what that was about, but it happened. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that now that you're saying that. Uh, I don't remember what the story was either. It was uh, like I think it was just the... that there was a witch somewhere. Yeah, that's all I can remember is just that it was a witch. Maybe that was about the mum. I think like... it was something to do with mother and child. I think there was an underlying thing which probably kind of represents Ethan. I have to do it. Right, that's because the witch, there was a woman who like wanted to have a kid... Uh, and then the kid was born and he, she made like a deal with the witch that the kid wouldn't like get hurt or something like that but then she was really the, old and ugly yeah she was beautiful but became old and ugly and then the kid went to the witch and then said make my mom beautiful again and then the kid never was maybe yeah. or something like that yeah i think that's what i remember and then yeah the kids just like disappears and she turns into the beautiful woman again and it was like what a what's the point in that story i don't know it was a weird one <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i don't know i don't know what the message is <laughs> but yeah sorry i just remembered while i remember that that was a bit in between that i found in between that bit anyway no, that yeah, that's good. Thanks for bringing it up. I, for, I forgot about that. I, I remember it happening, but I totally forgot. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the thing with this game is stuff just happens and it's, yeah. You're just like, is this a thing? Am I supposed to remember this? Is this relevant? Like, what is happening? Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and that you can just do it out of order by mistake, you know, like, yeah. you can just wander around for quite a while and end up, I mean, you have to solve some puzzles to get to the next section, but <laughs> you the do have, have a lot of free range to go around quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, so after the mines, we end up leaving the mines and we get out uh, towards the dam and we solve another crime where Trav or Dale was trying to wait for Travis outside of the mine to kill him, but failed. And so <laughs> then Travis runs Dale down into uh, this uh, house by the dam and is getting ready to kill him, but then Dale just kills himself with some scissors so that Travis like can't attack him. Oh, yeah, that was gross. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, that was. It was... That was one where I didn't see that crime coming. I, I like, thought that he got murdered, so that was pretty... Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty crazy. I liked that how that chronological order one was quite, was quite easy, though, that one. It was kind of just like, oh, yeah, they came out of there and then went over there. This is good. <laughs> yeah, it, it was straightforward. It was just the one, two, three, four, five, or whatever. Like, mm. that, that was nice. Yeah. Uh, after this, you uh, turn off... Uh, the turbine and the water slows down, which allows us to cross this river that the dam is going off of, and we cross on these rocks. Uh, I thought this part looked especially cool. Like, this whole game looks cool, but it was really cool walking across the river and, like, just seeing, like, getting all that scenery in the water and everything. I thought that looked really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty game. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Uh, we cross the rocks, and from here, we head to this burned-down house. And inside the burned-down house, we find a, uh, like, secret basement, essentially. And we head into the basement, and we find Ethan's grandfather, Ed, there, and he's uh, in the fetal position, like, burned up, uh, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. And we find out that he locked Ethan inside of a room inside the basement to sacrifice to the sleeper, it seems. And then, like, caught on fire himself and stayed there. Like, it, it seemed like it was, like, I have to do this for the sleeper, but I don't want to, so I kill myself too, I think. Yeah, yeah. it was a weird one. Yeah, I couldn't quite work out whether he meant to or... Or, yeah, he regretted doing it straight afterwards because it was a bit about his wife who wasn't around. And he was like, I'm sorry, yeah, I have to I do it. Really, yeah, I couldn't figure out whether Ed had sort of been... I guess he was kind of taken over, but maybe not fully taken over. It was strange. Mm. Yeah, it, it was it was odd. So then from here we get this cut where Ethan tells Paul, you know, you you didn't make it to save me, but that's okay. But I can't move on to the next life, I guess, because I haven't finished my story. And Paul Prospero says, no, you've told a good story. You can go on ahead. Um, you did a good job kind of thing. And then it cuts to the end, and it's Ethan was in the basement here again, and he was writing his stories his brother comes down and, like, bullies him for a second. So, yes, Ethan's family, uh, his brother's, like, me do him. He comes and he's like, you missed dinner, like, you suck. Uh, writing, fairy, writing stories is dumb, like, that sort of thing. And then Ethan's like, fine, I'll come to dinner. And then his, like, whole family shows up. It's like his uncle's there and his parents and his grandpa. And then while they're talking, something spills? gas or moonshine it's, or something it's like the lady uh his mom turns really quickly with um with her like gas lantern-y thing yeah. or oil lantern and i think it like smashes and then you it... kind of see that lantern earlier on as well don't you so i think maybe that's kind of connected like the smash lamp potentially yeah yeah so she she's got her lantern right and so she drops it on the ground and there's something flammable on the ground and the house just catches fire super fast. And Ethan is trapped inside the room and the rest of the family is outside. And you walk around and you see this sequence of like, 
you know, someone running out to get water to try to put the flame out. You see Ethan, like, on his bed in the room, waiting to be rescued when he won't. Uh, you see, like, one of his family members, like, keeled over, like, barfing kind of thing, like, and, uh, game over. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not shit like got dark happy. really, really quickly. Yeah, and it was, like, a yeah. bit like, you've been kind of with all these people who are horrible the whole time, and then you find out, yeah. oh, they're fine, but the small child died. Like, what is that? Right. Right, yeah. It, well, it was weird, because, like, I guess that... I, I want to hear what you guys think about the ending, but what this... So nothing actually happened, right? Except Ethan dying. Yeah. Like, this last part is the only real thing, right? Uh, yeah, that's what I kind of got from it. Yeah, so, like, Paul Prospero was, like, almost his in his imagination, almost, like, before he passes away, he's, like, imagined... I was really appreciative of you, guys, of you telling me that that existed before I played the game, because it made when I missed... And sad. And when I was reading up about it afterwards, I was just, like... This is, like, what very dark twist in any game I've ever come across but I, I did have thoughts where I was like maybe Paul was actually real and he was coming to kind of see what happened but I was kind of like no that doesn't actually make any sense yeah I wasn't sure what we were like get it like my progression through this game at first I was like oh this is just a detective game and then I was like oh there's supernatural stuff going on and you know yeah. and then being here and then I'm like oh this was all a story and then the real thing that happened was this terrible accident yeah. yeah that's pretty much what i took from it it was like kind of him telling us stories and then yeah just getting to the actual event of him hanging out in the basement too much writing these stories <laughs> about paul plus barrow yeah and i mean yeah it's it was the bit as well like where he's he said sort of like you can like you can go you can leave now like it's over i guess that was kind of like his point of like letting go as well i suppose mm. as dark as that is yeah yeah that's that's pretty crazy. I, I did not expect uh, an ending like this at all. No. Oh, yeah, that was gross. Especially not to go from, like, really supernatural the whole time and, like, investigating all these things to really real really quickly. Yeah. It, yeah, it was very clever as well. They did it. Like, one, like, thing that I quite liked was the uh, presence of, like, crows. Um, and the fact that there's a password you use to get into the basement, which is Corvus, which is like the Latin word for like crow or raven. Yeah. Think how they've done it, and I think to read it again, you probably notice like a lot of things that maybe insinuate kind of that's what's happening. So it, they did a very clever thing, I think. No, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't know what the Latin word meant. I saw it like when we had to do the puzzle, but yeah. I didn't know yeah. what it meant. That's cool. That's awesome. This is why we have the ecology lady with us. <laughs> <laughs> Using that degree. <laughs> yeah, that cool. No, I, I I thought too with the ending, like, I think it made me like the game more uh, afterwards because of that just switch. I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. Because, like, going through it, I was like, cool, I kind of like the supernatural detective thing, but then... To flip it on us like that, I thought that was pretty... I thought that was a good move. Yeah. It'll probably, like, go down with favorite twists, I think, of all games. I have to admit, I think... It sounds weird, but I think I like the ending more so than I liked the main parts of the game, which sounds ridiculous and stupid, but, I'm you know, you're never going to know that twist ending until you get there. But for me, I think the puzzles were cool and there was kind of like you know there was parts so it was just quite interesting but i think it was that ending for me that kind of made the game yeah i think for me that kind of was the thing that made sense in a lot of stuff that didn't seem to make a lot of sense it was a bit like here are all these like mysteries kind of thing because constantly you're kind of like solving mysteries but most of them for like the whole time you don't really know why you're doing stuff if you know what i mean it's a bit like um Half kind of bits of it reminded me a little bit of Edith Finch, Finch in that sense, like especially things like the astronaut and stuff, where you're doing something and it's like you're taken out of into a, like a kind of not like make believe world when you're based in the real one, that kind of feeling. But that was kind of more confusing this game than it was in that one, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it it seemed like sometimes you when you shift to a different world, it it 
uh, seemed out of nowhere sometimes. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, because you hadn't read the story beforehand. It was only after you'd kind of encountered some of this stuff. It was like, oh, this makes sense now because I've just read the story about it. But like before that, you're kind of just like, what is happening? Why is the things here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally. And I, I think I feel the same as uh, Nikki, too, in that I like different parts of the game, but the ending definitely sealed it as kind of my favorite part and probably boost my overall feelings on the game up a bit. So, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I guess we can move to just kind of, I guess we're already kind of are, but moving to some general thoughts just on the game overall. Uh, one thing for me is I did like that you had a walk faster button um that's a huge plus uh i didn't figure it out until like an hour of playing so i didn't utilize it the whole time but it helped out a lot because i think that that's a a thing that really fucks walking sim sim style games as if they if you can't walk fast they can be pretty excruciating like because you're you know you're choosing to have some limited gameplay things by doing a walking sim style game and if you make it hard to do everything that makes it worse so good job ethan carter making it so you can walk faster yeah definitely and i was really appreciative of you guys of you telling me that that existed before i played the game because it made when i missed start like yeah i couldn't quite work out whether and then i had to go all the way back or so much or, easier yeah, he regretted like, oh, it's fine, i'll just run oh yeah i think i didn't figure out for quite a while either like probably maybe about half an hour 40 minutes in um and i think that's why i was finding the game a lot creepier than I did when I was running because normally when I can just run into things I'm like oh it's fine so like when I was in like <laughs> Muslim I don't think I figured out how to run then so I was sort of slow walking everywhere looking around like what is happening is it gonna jump out at me and so like so walking into mausoleum I think was like, when I could run I was like heck yeah I'm gonna run everywhere but um yeah I'm glad that that's a thing it helped a lot in the mine bit because oh we didn't talk about <laughs> yeah. that did you guys find that bit of the mine with the uh, the weird man with the lantern that chased you yeah. around. Okay, good. That bit was terrifying. Yes, that was horrible. I, we did forget to talk about that. I forgot to include that. That was terrifying. Um, so <laughs> you, you're walking around the mine, and there's like corpses. Like it, it looked like something out of like that movie House of a Thousand Corpses, like that kind of thing, where it's like yeah. just fucking. Yeah. Torsos like sewn into the ground and shit, and you're just like, this is gross. They weren't pretty corpses either. No, they're 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 like very decayed. <laughs> and, and then you're walking around, and there's this miner who you see just his light, and you're like, okay, I'm probably not supposed to be near him, but when you see him, he like screams at you, and you get transported back to the front. That was horrifying. Yeah, and it comes out of nowhere as well. Like you said, the whole game, I was fine. I was just running around. And by this point, I'd fully relaxed into the game. And I was like, nah, it's nothing that scary. Like, <laughs> it'll be fine. And then he appears. And it just, just heart attack city. Like, it was horrible. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, running. I'd read, um, I'd read somewhere about the mines and be scared of the mines. And there's something that will jump on you in the mines. So, <clears throat> I didn't know what it fully was. So, I got there. I was like, okay. I knew. I think I knew that I had to avoid it to like get through, and I have to admit, he didn't jump on me once because every time I heard a stupid little bell or a stupid little rattling, because he, he would magically appear. He wouldn't just be somewhere. He'd be like, there'd be like this do 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 noise, and then he'd appear. You hear his rattling, so I just run away. Um, and I did that <laughs> oh. for like twenty minutes, probably longer than it have taken. But I did not want to see him because I just. I was so terrified of what was going to happen and like the build up to it that I just successfully avoided him. <laughs> whole time so i don't even know what happened when you saw him oh i wish i had i only ever did yeah. it once though after that i knew to stay well away <laughs> yeah no I, I got scared maybe twice like let him catch me or whatever by fucking up and i was like all right i'm looking up how to do this i don't want to have this happen anymore i don't i'm gonna have yeah. a heart attack yeah i I feel for people that went into those mines not knowing what was going to happen, or at least not having like a slight inkling, which just made you cry. It was mean, is what it was. Just like, here you go, here's a game. It's like basically a walking simulator <laughs> with some spooky stuff. It's not that bad. And then that happens, and you're like, what the hell? Where did that come from? Why would you do this to me? <laughs> yeah, that that was a good scare. It, it was good. I, I don't want to experience it again, but... Mm. <laughs> it was frightening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to have never bumped into him. I know that I'm maybe I'm missing out, but I'm like, no, I think I can live. I think I can live without that experience. 
Yeah, I think that's bad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess one more general thought I had is I like uh, that we got kind of more of an R-rated walking sim style game because most of the ones that I've played have had like some darkness, but they're not like. What Remains of Edith Finch was definitely a dark game, but it wasn't, like, this kind of dark. It was kind of different. Or a lot of the other ones, they, they seem to be a lot more of, like, oh, you're exploring a cool scenery and, like, things like that, which are more, or, like, a, a house or, like, in Gone Home or, uh, yeah. you know, whatever. Th that kind of stuff. And it feels a little easier. This one, I, I was surprised you could have sort of a suspenseful, horror-ish kind of game that's a walking sim, but uh, they did it really well. I, I thought that was cool to like get give us a new kind of type within the genre or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they did they nailed like the atmosphere but all and the kind of like unease that you feel as you're going through it all and I think I think that did re work really, really well. Um and yeah, it was it was nice to have a walking sim that actually did all follow through because I think like I get freaked out by some walking sims just because of the atmosphere and how quiet it could be and not knowing what's gonna happen. Like even Eden, I got scared in just because I was like, this is an old house, there's no one in it. Like what's happening? Um, this one definitely followed through and made, made you scared. So well yeah. done this game. Yeah, like you said, it's like there's a lot of dark stories overall in in some walking games, but this was kind of like you said, it kind of took that a little bit further. I want to just ask as well about how you guys feel about the fact that because this game is like labeled to not hold your hand how did you feel about the fact that this game really did like that personally i got really frustrated for a while i think when i was like what am i especially at the start when i was just mm. discovering things and then had no idea what i was supposed to do with them and then random stuff would happen like the house or like the astronaut and I'd be like, okay, I get these things, but they don't, they're not making, like, any sense. I think because I'd missed, like, mm. the seeing, like, the murders and stuff play out. Like, they were the actual bits of the story. And then the, all these side yeah. bits were, like, the cool, random little stories that were happening. And I think it felt really, dis that made it quite disjointed. But at the same time, I yeah. kind of liked the fact that you just kind of had to work out how to do stuff. And when you did figure it out, you're like, oh, this is, okay, this is really cool. I get this now. But it was frustrating at the start, for sure. I think for me, I like, I guess I like that this kind of game exists, but I also, I think, recognize that I probably am someone who wants my hand held a little more, uh, yeah. in my, in my games, I'm kind of like, eh, I, I probably prefer that just cause I don't want to like, I don't know, rage quit something cause I'm pissed. Uh, I'd rather like enjoy the story for what it is or whatever. So I think that like, I think it's cool that it exists that way, but I guess I'm glad that someone made an internet guide and I could use it because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I think if they didn't, then I don't know if I would have finished the game because I would have got too stuck and mad. Oh, me neither. I would have been stuck in that house for sure, forever. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I like the idea of a game that doesn't hold your hand, but I think with, the, with one complex puzzles in, you kind of need it a bit because, yeah, at first, like, I was just completely confused and I think some walking simulators you tend to just have like push and pull and there's not really like too many kind of things but obviously they had quite a lot of dynamic with the crime scenes and the writing and it did almost feel like a lot of the time with the story you're kind of having to pick up puzzle pieces but also you can miss puzzle which I find odd I feel like for me I kind of don't want to get to hold my hand all the time but at least point me in the right directions give me ideas of kind of like how to do things otherwise you are kind of like lost which is maybe what they were going for maybe they wanted you to be like what the fuck's happening yeah i think that's the only bit that i want really wanted like a little bit of instruction on is the um is like the murder scene things because like i said i just totally yeah. missed the first one and then i was lucky to do bits of the second to the point where i got to the third and did the whole third one and then went oh okay I guess this is what I have to do and had to go like backtrack and just do all of the other ones and I was like all of this starts to make sense now but like if you just taught me these one tiny little bit at the start then I don't know maybe it wouldn't have felt so weird yeah I feel like if maybe that first rail car murder and it, even like uh the traps at the beginning if they just kind of made those pretty easy and were like okay when you do this there's the kind of thing you want to do next or like, if they would have given you a little bit there. Or if they let you, like, fuck up for a while before they tell you. I'm, I'm okay with that, mm. too. If they want to, like, okay, you tried this for a while, you don't get it. Here's, like, a clear hint or something like that. Like, yeah, that's that true. 
I also know that, like, yeah, it does seem like this game was maybe made for someone who's a little different than me, so I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. So, like, I definitely got frustrated a lot, but then I think that the, what they were going for, I think, is something that maybe other games can kind of build upon and look at and take inspiration from. But, like, I think that, yeah, for me, like, I would rather a little bit more direction as well. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts on the game overall that you wanted to discuss before moving forward, or? Um, I think we kind of covered that. That the I just pretty much had the mine was awful, and then it, well, yeah, it was took me a while to work out how to do stuff. But it was very pretty. Like I didn't really mind getting lost a lot of the time or having to wander back and forth or around places because it was kind of like just nice to. It was a very pretty game, even though a little unsettling in places. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I would like uh, wandering around in this game now. Now that I've beat it, I, I wouldn't mind just wandering around and looking at everything. Because I felt like it did, uh, like it looked really good, but it also looked gloomy. It had that like good mix of like, it's kind of dark, a little like scary looking, but like everything looks awesome. Like I thought I really liked the water uh, by the dam. I thought that looked cool. Mm -hmm. it, it, even like uh, the blood on the ground, that looked pretty like creepy and good in like a... Yeah, that looks like a crime scene. I shouldn't be here. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I and I, oh, sorry. Yeah, it does definitely have like a relaxing. Oh, sorry, we've, we've overlapped. Um, I was going to say it has like quite a relaxing vibe. Just don't go in the forest because those trees just, oh, I don't know if anyone else has experienced it. But they're really creaky and they make noises and it's really unsettling. So yeah, the forest is not a place to be, to admire, <laughs> the relaxing times. <laughs> Hang out in the forest. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was really good at, like, its lighting as well. Like you said, like, there were points where it looked really gloomy and creepy and stuff, but then there were other bits, like, when you're crossing some of the bridges where it was really nice and sunny, and it was like, oh, this is kind of relaxing. Like, I'm enjoying being here. Like, parts of the town were really nice, and then, like, other the parts were, like, a bit darker and a bit gloomier, but it was kind of that nice transition when you knew you were in somewhere that was probably going to be a little bit creepier, and then places where you were just walking around enjoying the scenery yeah but yeah i think that was all my my points about it it's yeah. hard i think i think overall for me yeah it's just i feel like i really enjoyed the ending i enjoyed the twist because i love a good plot twist um but the puzzles were a little bit like complex but overall like i feel like i understand what they were going for but um yeah i'd rather a bit more hand holding because i don't know i'm a baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah no cool awesome uh we have a little bit of listener feedback so we can uh yeah hear what people have to say with yeah so from luke on twitter he uh wrote in and said the mind gate uh maze scarred me for life <laughs> i think yep, it did agreed. for all of us yep yes we're, we're all uh scarred with you <laughs> Then from uh, Some Nights on Twitter, they said, the places in there are beautiful. The story was weird and haunting. I loved it. That's a good description. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, weird and haunting definitely fits. I, I felt like it, we saw that quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, then from Athos on Twitter, it says, uh, one of the best adventure slash story games I've ever played. So. Wow, I really That's like awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, they really liked it. Mm. I wonder if they uh, were better at puzzles than we were. Like, if they had a better intuition. Maybe. Maybe that's the key. Yeah, that, that would be my wonder. Because, I, I, you know, just that I'm not that great at puzzles. So, I wonder if I would have got them quicker if the story would have felt uh, more boom, boom, boom. And I was tracking a little easier the first go. Yeah. But yeah uh and then last uh we've got shrey on twitter who said loved it i played it four or five years ago so i don't remember much but it was breathtakingly beautiful the world felt so melancholic and peaceful at the same time yeah i think that's fair like i think that's what made me feel at ease in most places like because it was just quite peaceful sometimes a little too peaceful and then obviously it had the opportunity to scare you really badly when it wasn't so peaceful so i guess that's what they were going for <laughs> but yeah yeah. Yeah, I really liked that span of time when I realized no one would attack me until someone did in the mine. But there was yeah. there was a span of time where I was like, okay, 
I feel okay wandering. Nothing's just gonna come out here and like assault me. I'll be yeah. all right. And uh, that was a nice section because then I could, I felt like I could look at things and not be like scared. Yeah, you yeah. felt like oh, investigating. After that. Yeah, <laughs> after that <laughs> happened, and I was really annoyed at myself because I went back to do that bit because I found that entrance and I was like, oh, I don't think I'm supposed to go here yet because I hadn't done the proper puzzle with the lady sinking. And then I went on and I went out and I did the next murder and I was like, oh, I didn't investigate that other place in the mine. I'll go back and see what's down there. And now, <laughs> and now I really wish that I just hadn't. I just gone, no, it's fine. I don't. I mean, it was, yeah, it was. It was a note that got me where it was just like, do not enter. Just go back. And I was just like, okay. And then I was like, yeah, I'll probably go in there. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> oh, that that's really funny. <laughs> No, awesome. Uh, okay, so I guess that wraps up Ethan Carter for us. Um, so, yeah, that, that was uh, nice. cool getting to play and talk about. So yeah. now uh, we're going to talk about Game Till 5 and uh, hear about your show and stuff like that. So awesome. I guess, uh, yeah, first question, I guess, is what's Game Till 5 about? If uh, someone hasn't listened to your podcast, uh, yeah, let us know what it's about. So Game Till 5 is a show where every... Uh, a couple of weeks, me and Nikki pick a video game related top five topic. So like um, top five uh, pl- platformers or uh, moving games was one we did recently. Um, and then we pretty much just discuss my top five and Nikki gets five. And then, yeah, we just argue about which one should be number one, mostly. So doing the top fives. Also, uh, you guys were kind enough to have me on about a month ago, and we talked about top five games for new gamers. Yes, that was the one. That was a that was a fun one to do. That was your idea as well. So thank you for giving that idea to us. It was a really interesting one to yeah. do. Yeah, that yeah that was a lot of fun and getting those and yes, if if uh, I guess our listeners, if you haven't uh, heard that, definitely listen to that and their other stuff for sure too. Um, so also um. As kind of a, uh, I don't know, inter- in your introduction uh, for your podcast, it's Steph, who is a game developer, and Nikki, who does cosplay for video games. So I thought this would be good to hear from each of you how you got into that. So Steph, how did you get into game development? What, what, uh, How'd that go about? How did that go about? Um, so it was kind of like a long thing. It was something I've always wanted to do since I was a kid, um, just playing video games and stuff. But I guess um, uh, when I first went to university, there wasn't really anything game related around. So I did like just an art based uh, degree. And then like a few years later, um, I kind of was like, I really want to get into video games still. So I took a master's in video game development um, where I specialized in uh, UX and UI, which is, um, user interface design uh, and user experience design. And then, um, yeah, pretty much from then, after my degree, I just kind of ended up working uh, in it and it's good fun. But yeah, it's um, that's pretty much it. It was just, I'd like to do this. So I tried to go and do it. That's uh, <laughs> that's my story. No, that's awesome. And, and just uh, wanting to be able to do something and then you actually get to, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was very, I was very lucky that, um, yeah, I managed to find, um, like, my studio that I work for now and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's good fun. It's a fun industry. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. And, Nikki, how did you get into cosplaying? Um, I think, so, for me, I've always loved, like, makeup and making and crafting stuff. And when I did sort of more, like, stuff with art studies, which I don't do anymore, but, like, in the day, I definitely, like, focus a lot on, like, things like prosthetics and makeup and just that kind of jazz. And so kind of when I got a little bit older, I decided that like, I really kind of wanted to sort of keep doing it as a hobby. And so cosplay was just, like, the perfect thing, because obviously I love video games. Um, and so for me, obviously some people probably, sort of, like, paint and draw in their spare time, and that's what kind of relaxes them. For me, it's like, I just make a ton of shit um, and put it on myself, and then that's pretty much it. But... people and everyone's like super talented so i've sort of just come into the world and i'm here to stay in it i guess but yeah the play is awesome that's awesome that's really cool that uh, that's cool that you make your own stuff too that i imagine that's uh challenging and it's taught you a lot <laughs> yeah i've definitely just been like winging it most of the time when i make stuff i just had a look at something and just go i'm just gonna try and put this on myself and make it look half decent and that's pretty much what i've gotten myself today so <laughs> yeah it's a good that's great good idea 
that's cool. I guess for both of you, do you have uh, some past episodes of Game Till 5 that you'd recommend people checking out or like a one or two that stand out as your favorites or anything like that? I've got a couple. Steph, what ones do you think? I'm trying to think off the top of my head, I guess. Uh, yeah, obviously the one that we had Dan on was really for fun. Um, and moving games is one I always really like. Um, that was a good one to do. How about you, Nikki? Uh, so I think for me, like two of my favorites, this is mostly just because they were just my favorite episodes. Like, you know, maybe they didn't do that well, but for me, I enjoyed them, which was uh, top five PC games in the nineties. That was one of my favorites, just because I could literally go into like a nostalgia trip while I was making my list. And it was just really fun. Um, and I think Final Fantasy characters are a really good one for me, but yeah, the one you definitely good and- No, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I, yeah, that, those are cool. That's, that's good stuff. I guess also, future-wise, do you have any upcoming episodes that you're excited about that uh, will be coming out soon? Uh, yeah. Yeah, our uh, next episode that is out um, will be with another Dan, because apparently we only have Dans on our podcast, uh, from, <laughs> from Real Ghost Story Pod, and we talk about our top five horror games, so in time for Halloween to talk about horror ones, yes. which is fun, but also a nightmare for me because I'm such a baby with horror games, but it was good fun. It was a fun <laughs> episode, so. And there's yeah, a- so that'll be coming out soon. Yeah, with a giveaway in it, which is like our first one we've ever done, which is exciting. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool, getting to do a giveaway. Also, horror games, that's 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 good. <laughs> mm. Seasonal. Yeah very, yeah, very seasonal. That's <laughs> awesome. I think I have a love-hate thing with horror games. I just, I hate the way they make me feel sometimes, but I just, I find them really enjoyable. That's awesome. That's fun. Uh, looking forward to hearing your guys' uh, horror game episode then. That's great. Yeah. And then I guess last thing uh, I had that we could talk about, or what are some of your favorite games just in general? I always go Monkey Island on the top of my one, uh, the Monkey Island series. I think all mine are series. It's like Monkey Island, uh, yeah. Mass Effect, and I don't know. I'm sure there's another one. I Zelda, probably. It's, yeah, it's I the same as series. Like it's hard. I feel like I, I talk about them a lot in, in top five. Like the same ones will like keep coming up. But for me, I think like some of my like top three I, favorites. I'm not I, like there's obviously a lot. It's probably like Bioshock. Uh, like maybe like Mass Effect, Dragon Age, like Bioware's a, a good one, and there's there's loads more, mm -hmm. but yeah, those are some that stick out in my mind. That's awesome. That's really cool. I just started playing Mass Effect for the first time, the first game, uh, like a few weeks awesome. ago, oh, and amazing. it's it's pretty fun so far. I'm uh, excited to keep going, uh, but. And and I think it's my first Bioware yeah. game I've actually played. Like I, I I've been aware of them and like know about them. Um, and I've like listened to people podcast on like Dragon Age or something. But I've actually never played one. So p starting Mass Effect has been pretty fun. And it sounds like it just keeps yeah. getting better. So I feel like I'm in for a treat. Yeah, I'm excited to see what. Yeah, does that mean you'll be doing? Um, yeah, we've been like an upcoming episode. Do you reckon on Mass Effect maybe? Yeah, I'm hoping to do it maybe by the end of the year. I don't know how long it'll take me to beat it, so that's like the... Uh, well, all of it, yeah, it'll go well. <laughs> yeah, all of it will definitely, <laughs> Or, but even even the first one, because I think I'm maybe like four or five hours in, and I think it's like a 20, 25-hour game. Mm, oh, awesome. yeah, that's so long. They're yeah, something like... Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of hoping I just get a couple like big binges in where it's like, oh, that was Saturday <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or something like that. That, that would probably help. But I'm I feel like I'm going to really enjoy talking about it on the show later. Um, yeah, they seem really great. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. Thank you again for coming on. This has been super awesome. Where can people find you? Where could they find your podcast or anywhere else uh, you're at? Nikki, you're always the social person. I'll do it. Um, so you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you kind of get your podcast stuff. Um, and if you want to follow us on Twitter as well, you can at Game Tool Five and Instagram. Um, but yeah, I'm not very good at like plugging like where to find the podcast because normally I just go on Spotify and type in people. But find us wherever. Google us. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Uh, and I'll put your guys' links in the episode notes too. So. 
Oh, yeah, Thank if you're if yeah, if you're listening to this, you'll have a direct link too if you need it. So, cool. Uh, and yeah, I guess for us too, if you want to get in contact with us, you can uh, talk to me on Twitter at StoryEverPod. Our website is thegreateststoryeverplayed.com. You can go there. There's all our old episodes and um, you know different stuff like that. So definitely check that out. If you'd like to financially support us, you can go on Patreon.com/slash/thegreateststoryeverplayed and uh, make a monthly pledge if you'd like. We'd super appreciate that if you'd want to do that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.